recording. Yeah, we're excited to have Matt Lostro and Brent Whitehead from Giga Energy in. They are the founders of Giga, Giga Energy, and uh, everybody who is in Bitcoin should know who they are. Um, and if they don't, we're going to try to talk to y'all and teach everybody about you today. So I feel like um, you guys have like become some of the most notorious figures in this space. I think it was that one. What was that article? Yeah, like oh, the everybody, everybody probably bombarded you guys after that. Yeah, right? there, yeah, there was one article in particular that kind of blew up around Nate. Yeah, yeah, we, um, Mackenzie Sagalos, uh, she's a, one of the best reporters in Bitcoin. She is, yeah. she is awesome. really, oh, yeah, really, okay, really yeah. gets the, the idea down. I yeah. always see that she's like listening in on some Twitter spaces on yeah. Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah. dang, like she's all she's on top of it, mm. she's always researching more and more. Uh, but she she pulled us aside in Nate. And uh, did a did an interview, and then that thing went everywhere. We had we had people from all over the world that were reaching out to us. And, I've been I've been wanting to ask because we've been running a gun, and y'all been doing the same thing. I've been wanting to ask like, what has the outcome of that been? Whether it's positive, negative. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how has it affected BD efforts? How has it affected like the company? Yeah, I mean, so naturally, like we didn't think much of the article. Like we knew it was going to come out. Like heard about it. Like great, came out that morning. We're like, okay, nothing much. Mm -hmm. And then by twelve p.m., it like blown up. Um, and so it, it's really helped. Like there's been international inquiries. Um, we sell a lot of our equipment as well for the flare mm -hmm. mitigation. Um, but on that side of things, uh, it's, it's just really, one, it kind of gave this weird sense of credibility for like a CNBC article. Like that's mm -hmm. the Which primary it's source. It's third party validation, right? Yeah, right. it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really helped. That's awesome. It, it, I would, yeah. Credibility was the biggest thing for yeah. us from that. The good yeah. thing also is they did not accuse you guys of wearing skinny jeans at well sites like my recent <laughs> wait wait did you you got yeah. accused of that yeah yeah that bloomberg story that came out Who last week uh michael smith he wrote it mm -hmm. and uh right at first paragraph they start he's like yeah justin ballard gets out of his green nissan frontier as if that's like a really big aggressive like oil filled truck it's yeah. not it's like <laughs> you get made fun of if you drive that out to the oil field right and uh, wearing his skinny jeans and lace-up work boots. And I'm like, oh, shit, man, really? You got to put me on blast like that, right? <laughs> number one, they wear skinny jeans. And number two, you know, it was a gray Nissan Frontier. It wasn't a green one. But... <laughs> At least it was a pickup truck. I yeah, do feel, yeah, I do yeah, feel yeah. like vehicles matter yeah. for validation with some of these operators oh, in the yeah. off-grid space. Like Matt used to pull up in his Hyundai Elantra, just <laughs> jumping through the rocks. Hey man. I did. Yeah. I've done the same thing. I was in Wyoming and I drove a uh, a uh, Jetta out to a well site in January. Oh, and I don't know how I even got it there. And I'm not gonna lie, this was 2018. I was wearing skinny jeans at that one. So not only did I was wearing skinny jeans, but I also was driving a Jetta to a well site in Wyoming. Snow, ice, all kinds of I made it there, though, and that was the big thing. Uh, but, yeah, so I was wearing skinny jeans at that point. I did not wear skinny jeans on this last one, though. I'll, I'll never forget, Matt. I, I uh, One of the very first sites we had, we were driving in, and I was riding with the operator, and he was like a good old country boy, just like, Boots, yeah. packing a dip in, like talking about he's, he's about to go buy some Coors Light, like truck just <laughs> like dust all on the floorboard. And he was he was driving in and we were having some Internet issues trying to figure out the networking. And we were like looping through and he had never met Matt before. And he came around a corner 
and uh, on the curve right before the well. And there was Matt standing in shorts, Crocs, with a laptop, <laughs> one headphone on, one headphone off like this, and a router poking out of his backpack. And he was trying to get internet in different spots. And he goes, what in the world is that? I was like, that's my co-founder. That's Matt. Like, hey, that, that was my that sounds like me, man. That's how I, that's how I always want to go. It would, it would drive Ryan nuts too when I show up. Like he came out to our site when we got the J site first going, and I was out there screwing with the uh, generators trying to get them running. This is like right when we got going, and I'm out there by myself, and I'm glad no like insurance adjuster or anybody showed off. I had no t-shirt on. I had basketball shorts, flip flops. And I'm in, I mean, it was like 100 degrees. It felt like freaking Saudi Arabia out there. It was brutal. And uh, I'm out there screwing with the gin sets and I can't hear nothing. He shows up and he's like, What are you doing? It, what, Ryan's such an oil filled like ops guy and like safety and all that. And Mo, he got all over me about it. And I'm like, I'm a lawyer and I'm not worried about it. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm out here just freaking trying to get these gin sets running. Shit, man. But, That's uh, what I love, though. I love yeah. like the stories that everybody oh, yeah. has with off grid space. Well, and with you guys, you guys were talking about the the image uh, with like oil, oil and gas guys and like getting out of sight. That is important. Like they do look at that stuff when you go mm -hmm. out there. And I actually think that that is one of the things that struck me about you two when I first met y'all is that you guys do. And this is not offensive. You especially feel like an oil, oil and gas guy. You know what He's I mean? Saying I'm redneck. Yeah, saying. yeah, it's basically what I'm saying without saying it. Luke Casey. Matt, it's not bad. You're like me, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brent. No. Brent is like he seems. He's got the the feel of an oil and gas guy, and I think that does help y'all when you're talking to operators because you can't talk the the game. And that was one of the things early on for me that I noticed is that. Uh, the biggest way to get these operators on board with getting into Bitcoin mining, even even from a standpoint of yep. like offtake, right? Just yep. looking at it from a, I'm trying to sell gas and is selling that to a Bitcoin miner a viable route? You guys having the ability to talk that language and look the look and make them comfortable is a huge deal, especially considering the fact that you're 15 years old. Like, <laughs> getting, getting, Thanks, Justin. <laughs> getting past though your age, right? Is that you guys do seem to have a lot of knowledge about the oil uh, oil field operations, and that's a big part of getting past the initial apprehension that, that they probably have about Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, what is your guys' experience? Because you guys do have a lot of knowledge there, and was that just developed through the time you've been with Giga and got that going, or? What was your guys' backgrounds prior to that? And kind of tell us a story of like how you guys got to know what you know about oil field operations and all that. Yeah, I mean, well, you're the old guy. Yeah, so I mean, um, my family, I come from a third, I'm third generation mm -hmm. oil and gas, come from an oil and gas family. Um, my dad has a small EMP company in Beaumont. And looking back, I'm really glad that it was like a smaller operation mm -hmm. that was just, you know, kind of family and, and just a few other people. Uh, we probably have like 100, 150 wells under management, but most of them are like smaller depleted wells. Um, but that was great for me growing up because it wasn't like this huge company where you had to have all these like yeah. safety, mm -hmm. right? Like I could go work out there on the weekends with the guys or during the summer, I'd be out on a crew and you learn a lot being hands-on in the oil field. Mm -hmm. And that was not only oil wells, uh, but he also does commercial disposal facilities. So I got, I kind of got to learn that aspect. And then when I was growing up, he had a, he had a, a service company that he sold in 2011. Uh, they did pipelines. So I, I kind of got to see like the flares, the pipelines, all that growing up. 
Uh, and I think that was invaluable, uh, the, the experiences that I saw and I learned through that. And I realized how much of a value that was going to be when we started getting deeper into our company and we were meeting with some really big companies, like big oil and gas private equity groups. And one day I was talking to my dad on the phone. I said, you know, they haven't even mentioned how we're going to hook this stuff up. They right. haven't even asked about the separator. Like, or anything. <laughs> he said, well, son, like there's a big difference between oil and gas finance and everything is everyone has their talent but there's a big difference between finance oil and gas finance and boots on the ground right and a lot of people never go do boots on the ground and i think that there's so much value in that and a lot of people don't want to get their hands dirty and so i think the fact that we were eager to get our hands dirty eager uh, eager to dive in and also went that blue collar route mm -hmm. there's like Bitcoin is Bitcoin mining's meant for blue collar guys. Right. I really believe that. Uh, you have to understand finance and stuff enough to understand how money works, get orange peeled mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it, really and truly, if you're in a high rise in New York and you're planning on doing a big Bitcoin mining operation off grid, you're probably gonna have a hard time doing it if right. you've never stepped foot out in the oil field. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And um, Matt, I know you may not have came from the oil field. Yeah. I didn't either, but you definitely have picked up on it. And um, obviously, because you guys are having so much success, but what was your background? Like, where did you come from and kind of how did you get into this in the first place? It really just tell us the story of how Giga got going. Because, I mean, for the people that haven't read that story and kind of heard it, it'd be nice to for them to have kind of that backstory of like how y'all got together and put this cool thing together. Yeah. So I got into Bitcoin in 2016. Uh, I, was, I was in high school, became obsessed with mm -hmm. it, um, just based on the fact that I could make money. Yeah. <clears throat> then I started kind of learning more and more about it. Um, I was in college. I was like reading the Bitcoin standard at the same time I was taking my macroeconomics mm -hmm. class. I was like, this one says inflation's good. The other one says inflation's bad. Like, so I just kind of yeah. had this natural um, understanding of, of, of like the kind of like dichotomy mm -hmm. and, and the problem. And so I started growing in that, loving it. Um, and then... So I, I, I went to college known as the Bitcoin guy and was obsessed with it and quickly realized my degree was not going to be applicable to my passions. And, and what were you studying? I studied finance okay. at okay. college, right? I cannot yeah. operate an Excel model for the life yeah. of me. And, uh, and you guys are Aggies. Yes, yes. Both so it. Texas yeah. A&M grads, Giga, yeah. Gig M. Ah, yes, so, so that, that is, that is where I didn't even comes. get that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I know. Well, yeah. and Gigawatt. Well, that's right? what yeah, I thought it was. Well, and the yeah. Keybirds yeah. one's highlighted. Yeah. Gig is highlighted in Chef the logo. Chef was actually uh, the one who brought that up the other day. Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't put two and two together. I didn't either. Yeah, we need to make the maroon logo. That's like the FedEx arrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like so subtle. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, I was obsessed with Bitcoin, worried about how I was gonna be able to create mm -hmm. my own job because uh, I didn't have technical skills. I couldn't program at the time. Uh, and so went in, uh, I'd been best friends with Brent for like two years up mm -hmm. until then. Saw a tweet, Steve Barber on Upstream Data, uh, tweeted out Griffin Havey and Connor Murphy set up mm -hmm. uh, a Bitcoin mining machine in Oldfield. And I, I like dropped everything I was doing. I called Brent, I was like, you have natural gas. Like, yeah. can we do this? And that was in July of 2019. Mm -hmm. June, June or July. Yeah. yeah. So was that was the first setup on your family's uh, your family's assets? No, it was a a friend of a family. Basically, okay. it was in the Beaumont area. Okay. But I mean, yeah. keep in mind this was, and I don't even think Griffin had joined. Uh, no, Olympia, I think it was, yeah, maybe it was just it Connor. was just yeah. Connor. Yeah. It was yeah. Connor's family. It was somewhere in like yeah. Central Texas. Uh, and I'll never forget we flew up there, and it was still the the boxes. 
he builds now are really, really nice. And the, the ones they yeah, showed at the time were, were nice, but you can mm-hmm. tell like there's been so many iterations since yeah, then. Like it was, right. uh, he was he was like, well, I'm gonna rent out some space at this shop, and we're mm-hmm. gonna start working on this. And that's when I realized like this is really early. Um, and it was only 10 MCF a day yeah. that we were 10 mm-hmm. to 12 that we were consuming yep. with the little. It was it wasn't even a hash hut. They're called yeah. ohm units, yeah. and they're yeah. like little yeah. boxes. Uh, yeah, that was so. The, and then, so the, that unit came online in October of 2019. Okay, so, and y'all are still in college then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were juniors in college. Yeah, so, yeah. when it got That's delivered, awesome. we yeah. uh, we drove straight from from college and then did the deployment over the weekend and got it running. Oh, and yeah. we'd be um, at like a party. I'd be like, check this out. I can turn this generator off remotely. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the coolest party trick, right? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were having awesome. fun with it. Um, and then just so okay, so that was October 2019, right? Mm-hmm. COVID hit that that next right. semester we actually ended up uh quitting college uh, oh, in really? december of 2019 we, yeah. we, we took the yeah. opinion we, we told Same. our parents it was going to be a <laughs> <Twice>. break <laughs> right right uh and <laughs> took that time off covid hit yeah. so like we kind of like really got away with that uh-huh. timed it decided that we would actually go back to college because of all our classes are online yeah hey, covid actually that sounds bad but covid helped us with finishing college because everything was remote <laughs> right, right so we were remote yeah 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 you know, tell them the story about when you were taking a test and you got in trouble for the the virtual background oh and, yeah yeah oh, I was you a test. Okay, yeah and then yeah, i told me to turn off my virtual background and i was like well i'm in the forest right now and he's <laughs> we were out at a data center <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. was taking it in the woods on a chair next to the cellular <laughs> yeah. modem um, <laughs> that is awesome yeah, it was pretty wild yeah. Uh, so yeah thanks to COVID, we were able to finish our degrees because my degree would not have been online um and it costs us like no marginal extra time because we yeah. can just do it remotely. Man, uh, that is yeah. that's freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um that that is what impresses me about y'all the most is your age, number one. And like we were just saying, I I mean, I'm 41 years old and I'm trying to get stuff going still. And I'm looking at you two and I'm like, golly, these guys are freaking turning computers off when they're at a party <laughs> in, party in freaking college. Yeah. Well, I, I mean don't don't sell yourself short. You, oh, you guys okay. are you guys are rock stars. We look up look up to you on so many ways. Thanks, Brent. Oh, um, your checks in the mail, buddy. Appreciate it. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just it's you know I will say now we're at it. Like I have seen where it's great. Our youthfulness mm-hmm. to me is an advantage. Mm-hmm. Being young because a lot of our team is very young guys. We can just go and work and work mm-hmm. and work because we. Sounds bad, but we don't have a life outside of like Giga. Like this, this is true. You know, what one, uh, one of the guys one day I, I said something to him. He's, he he goes, "This is all I got, man." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's well, that's a sad way to put it." But like, let's to the moon, man. Um, but at the same time, it does affect us with the energy space mm. because energy is a very seniority based yep. group uh, industry, and it's. That's why I would say like the CNBC article mm-hmm. and like Vice and stuff like that was very helpful for us and why we also focused really hard on branding mm-hmm. everything being blue, Gigabox, right. Giga, like, like that just branding's cram, on point. cram yeah, that down really everything, everybody's throat yep. because that's how you establish credibility. It's mm-hmm. like, great, you don't trust a 23-year-old, that's fine, but trust what we've built because right. you can look at it, you can see it, you can touch right. it, you can feel it. Well, see, that's impressive because y'all recognize that, right? At your, at your age, you guys recognize that all those things are important. They all play a factor in like your success, and you're overcoming your age um, as if it's a negative. I, th- I think it's a positive. You guys look like little like prodigies. It's great. No. So <laughs> keep it up. But um, 
tell us a little bit about your business. Like, because I do think you guys are different. And obviously I do know about it, but I, I mean, for everybody kind of give the spiel on Giga and what y'all do, especially the biggest thing that I think sets you all apart is the manufacturing arm of it. Yep. And that is another thing. I hate to go back to your age so much, but manufacturing is hard and it's, it's a very complex kind of industry to get in, in my opinion, and to do it kind of even straight out of school, but while you're in school is, it's really impressive to me. And, and is that part of why you picked where you picked to kind of set your headquarters up? But just kind of go into that, and Matt, maybe you want to touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, Giga, our goal is to reduce methane emissions in the oil field mm-hmm. with Bitcoin mining. Right. Uh, the way we, we did that um, is through data centers, generators, and computers. Uh, the trick in that, though, is, is that equation is extremely heavy on the capital expenditure. Mm-hmm. And that's what we realized from day one. So we started off, we bought um, a brand new generator. We're like, this is great, but it's really expensive. Right. <clears throat> uh, then we went the route of like, okay, now let's go on like, the equivalent of Craigslist for generators and buy equipment. That was very hit or miss, right? So like, okay, we can't scale if we do that. Uh, then we went back to the route of like, what if we just start manufacturing our own stuff? So it started with the boxes or the data centers or the cans, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, and that's the kind of 40 foot shipping container that houses the computers. Uh, it's gotten down to the point where we now have custom manufacturing of all of our electrical bus systems, PDUs, uh, the whole nine yards, and we've been very specific on that of like lowering the capex, lowering the lead times, because mm-hmm. it's not just about getting a fifty percent discount on your product. It's also about the fact that you own your supply chain, and you don't have to wait on somebody else making. Especially right excuse. now, like yeah. I mean, supply chains have been so jammed up ever since COVID. It's like uh, I don't know if we ever make a, like a full recovery. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't. I like I, I'm. I'll be surprised if we do. Honestly, yeah, we're still seeing like the the effects of it mm-hmm. like two years later. It's crazy, especially price increasing. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys are, so it's, uh, it's, you guys are making the, the containers. Yeah. Right? So we make are the containers. Making those from scratch or are you taking existing containers and then. Yeah. So we take one trip shipping containers. Mm-hmm. So stuff that like it, it is sold to us coming off the ports in Houston. Like it's, okay. it's, it comes mm-hmm. to us, it gets refurbished. Uh, we go through, paint the whole thing, Giga Blue. Uh, yeah. So we can build a box in about three days. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, start to finish while wow, the parts are in front impressive. of us. All, all hands and all parts in hand. Yeah. Yeah. All parts. Like yeah, okay. that's where the supply yeah. chain affects you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I don't know if people realize. I know because we were manufacturing some of ours for a little while. That's really fast. That's yeah. Good. That's really that's really fast. Really fast. Yeah, we made it very cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. How how long did it take you to get <laughs> it down to that? Because I know I couldn't have started. No, it was days. like two months a container. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one we did in our backyard. Like, it was like <laughs> yeah. not. My dad was like, "Son, when's this gonna get out in my yard now?" And I was like, <laughs> you're killing my grass. <laughs> yeah, you're killing my grass. Well, it's knew, like a slip and slide back here. I knew we needed to move when I said I was like just dreaming, giving them all these plans. There was two of them there on the concrete, and I said, "Give it a couple weeks. We may have eleven out there." <laughs> And he goes, please don't do that. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's fair. Uh, um, but two months probably. Yeah, yeah two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long Bring time. From there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it also iterate too, right? Because like our capex is also cut, like probably like three x mm-hmm. or ninety percent. Where, where were you able to cut most of those costs? Electrical. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we start we started like custom manufacturing all of our bus systems mm-hmm. right to the point where we were buying just like this ridiculous name brand stuff, uh, and and kind of going in like figuring out how to work with factories directly, yeah. and get all that down. Because the problem is, is like we were buying stuff for like industrial plants and our residential like our mm-hmm. very first stuff was like yeah. residential boxes so was it like overkill oh, yeah. we were retrofitting mm-hmm. well it's just yeah. the thing is it's you only need you know we we had like five different things and we only needed like 
two of them of the five. Mm-hmm. And so, but the way it was built is it was, we were having to kind of retrofit it or like take all this extra stuff that you didn't need and just use it because that's like the best you could find at the mm-hmm. time was like um, the way it was set up. And now we have really optimized of like this type of cable, this type of box. And that's what Matt's just been awesome with him and Shiv have just figured out how to like work directly with the manufacturers on customizing stuff getting custom built boxes um, so that you don't, you don't have all this extra stuff with it. And you're not mm-hmm. buying at local supply stores that, that yeah. it's three times more the cost. That's right? only a problem in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah. I bet. Uh, well, and part of the thing with Bitcoin mining is too, is it, is it's give me something and I'm going to squeeze every piece out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that type of engineering is very backwards to the regular world of engineering. Yeah. The, the regular world of engineering is like, let's make something and like add like a bunch of like safety measures to it. So like, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so like we're going in like trying to like make sure like we're right on the margin uh, and making sure we have no waste or, mm-hmm. or no wasted capital. And right. so that, that's something that has been also kind of unique working mm-hmm. with a bunch of old guys that, that don't think like that. It's, really, it's difficult working with electricians on that. Yep. And like yeah. the example yeah. I always Amen. give is like, it would be like if you had a house that electrician was wiring up instead of saying, what breaker box are you going to put in? Can I run this appliance, that appliance? You'd be saying, how many ovens, microwaves and refrigerators can I run on this yeah. before it trips, right? Like um, you're like basically uh, retrofitting the opposite you gotta direction. You got to find an electrician who really knows his shit then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would that be probably, I mean, one of the most difficult aspects of the whole manufacturing process is just figuring out. Like, how did you land on who you use? Is it all cost-based or was it, like, how difficult was it to find an electrician that's going to handle Bitcoin mining stuff? Well, the problem is we were the electrician for a while. Ooh, yeah. So, because people, yeah, people, people, people want to do what we were like, Our boxes, do. not yeah. boxes. Okay. Yeah, there was about two and a half years where we refused to sell a box yeah. or anything like that. Like, people say, hey, could you do it for us? We're like, no, sorry. Like, we yeah. don't believe in it yet. Um, And so... But yeah, no, for the longest time mm-hmm. we were actually doing it. And then it got to the point where we had learned it and we actually understood yeah. the electricity of it. And then we went out, hired electricians and people were like, okay. And then t- kind of told them what to do on that front. Right. And they're like, okay, that, ma- that math makes sense. And when I was y'all's age, when you were doing that, I was like trying to make firework bombs and like, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you were doing that on a much massive, much more massive yeah, scale. Yeah, they, still, they still had the same sometimes I, yeah, felt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. sometimes I felt like we were making a bomb. Like, yeah. I was yeah. like, man. Yeah, you're, a lot you're of gonna turn this on, right, Matt? Are you gonna turn this on? Or you're flip oh, the switch. Yeah. So do y'all make? Is it you have like a single style of container? Do you have multiple styles of containers? Yeah, so we have two styles, like a twenty mm. foot and a forty foot. Um, okay. And so it's just more computers or less computers, a little bit of economies of scale. Um, we keep that like very cookie cutter mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on that end of things. So that's one part of the business. Yeah. Then you guys have the the generators. Yes. Right. And so you guys aren't manufacturing those, but you are refurbishing existing correct. units, correct? Yeah. So so it's it, the technical term would be be called a machine shop. So okay. we take an engine, strip every single moving part off of it, take the block, which would be like the chassis of mm-hmm. a car, soak it in an acid vat, do block work repair, and then like take everything that was old and then build all the way back mm-hmm. up right now. After you bought that first original one where you bought it new, was yeah. it, is that when you decided like just from the capital expenditure point, I've got to, we've got to reduce this. And so Correct. I was like, that's like, the goal I want to get to. Right. But like, how do I get that? Uh, that we, we did probably... Six generators yeah, used, six years, though, yeah. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, just find it's better to yeah. rebuild well, That's them. a good mechanic now. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I bet mean, you guys have, yeah. you know... So how are you? So are you guys, are you guys pulling the, pulling the, I mean, obviously you're pulling the crankshaft yeah. out, you're pulling the rods out, you're yeah. pulling the pistons out. 
for things of that scale, do they make like rebuild kits or are you having to like manufacture new part? I've, yeah, I've yeah, built sometimes. motors yeah, like yeah. my whole life on cars, but I'm curious at that scale, like yeah. how do you actually do that? So the nice thing is so like we work on like a particular Caterpillar series called the 36, 35 series. That's like mm -hmm. very uh, like prolific in the oil field. So yeah. there's over a million like types of these engines. So it's probably like the most popular one. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like Toyota Camry, the oil yeah. field. Uh, and so there's now this proliferation of market of aftermarket parts. So there's factories in Houston that have like patents on the valve stem set up for mm -hmm. the heads. Like, so it gets like super granular. So like, it's a, it's a, it's a factor of multiple parts where we're getting like specific aftermarket parts that are actually higher quality than cat on the OEM side. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course, like Caterpillar parts that we get from the dealers, like, but you take every single bolt off and then put it all back together, wow. like from, from yeah. the ground up, like yeah. crank everything. Yeah, that's that's smart of you guys to find the one that is the most popular because then there is a, that kind of like aftermarket for it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's no different than like if you're trying to rebuild a motor. Like if you want to go build a, a Chevy LS, like there's a huge aftermarket exactly. for it. You want to go build something like I don't know something a lot more rare. Like, there's just yeah, there's like nothing. Yeah, there's like neat. absolutely yeah. nothing. Out and there. and the allowance for optimization then. Yeah. So yeah. then we start looking at again, right? We do the same thing. It's like okay. This engine, the point of it is, how can we squeeze every single piece of horsepower it has? Not like, let's make it last like 20 years. Yeah. Because keep in mind, like the people who like are buying these engines is for nursing homes, hospitals, um, like data centers, like mm. backup things. Like we're not trying to do that. We're trying to squeeze every marginal amount of like MCF, like value out of that as mm -hmm. we can. Uh, like and smash it into like like four years. Because when yeah. you model this stuff for Bitcoin mining, you, I mean, your main cost is your ASICs. Where most models that we see come across, you basically have a re residual value of almost mm -hmm. nothing after five years because of computer increases, right? right? Yeah. So you have you have all th this this capex is like how fat like what is mm -hmm. your payback period on it, right? And if you're rebuilding that generator in five years versus ten years, right? What's how much, what's your Bitcoin denominated yep. returns right. at that point in time? If right. you saved, you know, 50% on CapEx. Mm -hmm. um, but, and that's also to, to add to that point, that's why we focused on reciprocating engines instead of turbines mm -hmm. is because um, with turbines, you have, it's, it's, there's so much more optimiz like, like it's such a niche industry mm -hmm. and there's so many caterpillars out there that are, the engine is not just for generators. We've bought engines off of compressor packages, off okay. of like pump packages mm -hmm. and basically refurb them and you change the flywheel, you change that. And it's the exact same engine. It's just, what is it pushing horsepower mm -hmm. to, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why we really focus on that cat series and focus on the reciprocating engines because you can go find a mechanic that can work on an engine, right. but it's never worked on a generator in their life, but they can still work on your engine because usually when you have problems, it stems from the engine, mm -hmm. right? There's going to be something wrong with it generator alternator it really just spins right, right like that's right. like its job and unless if something breaks on it it's probably something major yeah uh, unless it's like a voltage regulator or something uh so to me you end up having all like so many more options of being able to fix problems mm -hmm. and, and be able to like keep from downtime being a problem for your operation it's funny though the thing that broke the the camel's back the straw that broke the camel's back was not the price right it was the lead time Okay. So <clears throat> August of 2021, we ordered, uh, worked with a third-party manufacturer to redo two generators mm -hmm. for us. It was going to be done by November. No problem. We promise. Worst case scenario. Whole COVID excuse came in, right? Just kept on getting delayed, delayed, delayed. By uh, 
November, we decided like, screw this. Like we're going to go out, like recruit a director of power for handling, overseeing all the manufacturing. Um, we laid the cement, got a 20 ton crane in and like already had an engine in there and three mechanics by the time we received those engines in March. Wow. Where, where'd you guys find wow. these, these mechanics? They, I mean, they're pretty popular to work on these. Man, we're living in like the blue collar capital of the world. But yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, like yeah. it's like, we That's go out there, we're like, we throw at. a diamond. Right. Like, it's right. like, who, who can you work on guy, cats? And like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is there are so many people from the area that I'm from yeah. that have tech jobs mm -hmm. and went to tech schools and are so specialized at their skills and they're rock stars. Like they're, they're yeah. just awesome at what they do. And so we don't want to move our manufacturing out of that area because those guys are the best guys you could ever ask for. Uh, and we just knew a lot of these mm -hmm. people. We knew one guy. Yeah, we uh, like just found one guy that had been working on this specific engine for 13 years. Wow. wow. Like he's like, like a genius at it, like knows everything about it, like every part. Yeah. Right now, of course, he was on the compressor side, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't matter because yeah. he's, he's creating something that moves horsepower. And then we'll have someone on the alternator side. How much horsepower do these things create? Uh, you're looking at like 1800 for like a standard. 1800. Yeah. And then what does that, what does it translate into how much it can power? Like 1.25 megawatts. Okay. Yeah. But again, like that, mm -hmm. that's a, like a very, the problem is if you were to ask that question to like a generator salesman on the use side, there's all these different levels of like, is it continuous power output? Is it prime power right. output? Is it emergency? Is it standard? Right. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't care. I just want to have like, like, like level power yeah. output. Like, yeah. And like, that's the problem is like navigating through all those problems. So on, on most of these setups, do you run one, do you run five and is it one that's taking all the load all the time or do you kind of like rotate these things? Yeah. So it's a good question. So what we do, you can parallel engines together. So you can have like mm -hmm. two engines yep. to one box. The problem is if one engine goes down, that load is the same. And so it's pulling the same amount of load on 50% of the power output. So mm. the second engine goes down. So you can have like a good yeah. engine, a bad engine, and like it doubles your problems. Yeah. <laughs> what we do is we actually isolate our electrical systems inside our boxes. Okay. And so even if we have two gens on one box, they're, one's running the first half of the box, the other one's running the second half of the box. And we can do that because we can mess around on the, mm -hmm. on the manufacturing side of things. But uh, generally we try and keep it one box to one gen at all times. So okay. is that kind of the, the size of project you guys look for is like one megawatt up or is it? It depends, right? So like our our um, appetite for something uh, has to be, is like a higher threshold, like mm -hmm. the larger you extend the radius, right? Yeah. So like we'd go for uh, a 50 MCF a day flare if it was in our backyard. Mm -hmm. But if you're asking us to go to Pennsylvania, right, we're going to need at least like two million a day. Yeah. Okay. Like All right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And but for the folks that like any oil and gas operators might end up listening, um, you know, what do they need to know when they call you guys? Like, are these guys going to come do the project? And what are the criteria that you're looking at for that? And I mean, gas quality, like how's all yeah. that stuff factor in? Yeah. Are, are you decisions? guys like doing like full turnkey, like, like somebody, yeah. Acme operating, it reaches out to you guys. And it's not only like, Hey, here's a generator. Here's this like, but you guys are all, do you consult them on that? setting it all up to or yes no. yes so okay. we do that as well right i mean we have two revenues in the business right mm -hmm. we have the sales side and then we have like the the gas purchasing agreement for the flare side okay uh right. so on both those sides of things um we can like okay awesome you don't want to put up the cockpit great we'll come out and we'll do it for you on the other side of things okay uh you want to own the bitcoin production and, and make sure you can do that flare mitigation like they can run that too has there been like one is happening more than the other or like Man, is, it's it 50, 50. is it really yeah it, it just yeah it, just, it really is it varies like mm -hmm. you know when we have a project we may be really busy um i would say what's interesting about that and matt you can correct me if i'm wrong but like typically 
when we have the most projects pushed to us is when like market can like margin like margins are the tightest right like, we have like green light go take it uh because our whole our whole point of our company is in-house power generation vertical integration so you have cheap capex you have cheap mm -hmm. opex so we don't go rent generators uh our cost of, a, of of our generator even if you amortize it all out and take into depreciation is probably 20 percent of what you could go like what it costs to rent right. a generator, right? And you have a hard asset, right? And, yeah. and you yeah. have a hard that, that asset you when you're done. Right. Banks right. love That's, it. Uh, like yeah. single digit interest rates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, banks yeah. are banks are you know banks are comfortable with financing stuff like that because they they've done that right. stuff before. They've it been doing this for thirty them. years. Like mm -hmm. they've been doing it longer than Bitcoin's been around. Right, right. Uh, but when bull markets happen, of course. Everybody, you know, there's a lot of product sales, is what mm -hmm. I would say. Like you can see what what I like about being on the product side uh, as a company is we get to see uh, just curve. how yeah. that demand curve yeah. changes based on on hash price. Right. Like you can see things get slower as thing like a lot like when when uh, Bitcoin was at sixty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, everybody. I need I need fifty megawatts uh, right. and, yeah. and uh, seventy two hours. If it's any more hours, right? Like everybody's <laughs> there's so much noise in the space, yeah. and there's but there is a lot of sales because of that. Uh, what I would say is the noise goes away on our project side because it makes it at the same time that we're selling a lot of stuff, it makes it hard for us to bid right. on flare projects because you have all these extra people that are just starting with their everyone's starting their pilot project, right? Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I'll overpay for this first one, and then everyone it's like. My God, every single project I've looked at is someone else's pilot project. You're like the only guy who I've never seen do a small pilot project. Really? Yeah. 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 Every project. You just went say, straight to the top. Right? Yeah. Well, I will say our our very first experience was like 60 MCF a day. But that we were at okay. a gas company. But how, so, how quickly did you go from that to the Oh immediately? Yeah, that's exactly. I, I, yeah, when I left it, or when I left Century, I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, screw that's this. Impressive. I'm gonna go do this. Yeah, no one does that. That's very impressive. So, and, and, but what I'm saying is we you don't see like no. right there. There's so, a lot of yeah, pilot projects. Those what is it like? Like, so I think let's go through some like the basic questions. That I think a lot of people would ask. What is like how many MCF do you need to like get started? Minimum. Um, so okay. and what is it? And like, what does that get you like, on an application? How like, many containers? How many miners? Yeah. So we, like the smallest application we could sell would be a 200 kilowatt uh, generator set. That's okay. a um, A55 Cummins. Um, that would consume about 50 MCF a day. Okay. That would power about 60 computers. Okay. The generator would cost 100 grand. The container would cost about 50 grand. And the computers would probably cost somewhere between 80 to 120 grand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like that would be, and then that's going to get you a payback right now, probably about in 24 months if Bitcoin stays flat. So what, roughly, if I remember the numbers right, 300 grand to get started, payback in 24 months? Yeah. Damn. Okay. So. Even at today's numbers. Even at today's yeah. numbers. Yeah. And, and that, it may be a little bit longer with today's numbers. A little bit, It, yeah, it right. fluctuates so much. But, yeah. and people don't realize this, though. Those price of miners fluctuate just as, well, well they fluctuate like, up with the profitability well, very yeah, quickly. They, they, but, they track their total future cash flows. Right. So it's like buying right. like a PV20. It's always going to be PV20. Yep. It's just like, right. when are you, what's the price when you're buying it? See, this is why the oil and gas companies like these. They're talking about PV20 and all this stuff. Yeah. That's why, that's why it's so, it. on the last episode, right? Talking about all just the analogies right. between oil and gas and Right, and it's the, the same side. business to yep. me. Yeah, yeah, it's no different. Right, and so you you literally are trying to just be the lowest cost producer and uh, cutting CapEx, or coming in at the right time is a big deal, right? Correct. It's a huge deal. And yep. and timing the market, like you're right, like all the noise that happens when, when things are going Gosh. good and you're getting all these calls and everybody wants to do it. And then when it goes down, the, the part, and I said this last time too, yeah, 
the part that drives me nuts is when the price goes down and you got still oil and gas guys are like, well, I mean, you're going to be okay, but Bitcoin going to go away. Is it? And it's like, no, just like oil and gas isn't going away when it goes negative. Yeah. You know, I haven't it, seen negative hash price. Right. Yet. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So it'll come back. It takes time. It's a, it's a commodity type of market. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it, it it always comes back, but um, with the market being what it is, are you guys shifting your focus, or are you you still just kind of keep the same business plan, and and uh, or are you looking for opportunities right now to try to scoop up some kind of cheap asset opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I think a market like this shows where our business model shines. Right, right. Like right. people are getting liquidated left and right because they mm. rented generators, they over leveraged mm. on A six. Uh, and they did all the best practices that we recommended against. Right, right. Um, so it gets kind of refreshing seeing it's like, hey, we're still liquid. We're still mm -hmm. running. Like we knew this point would come because mm -hmm. Bitcoin mining is simply like an energy arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Every time with an arbitrage, you have shrinking margins. And, and we so we know macro like that's where it's headed. Right. And so you should prepare for it now, even when the times yep. are good. Yep. Uh, and I mean, that's that's what we really looked at. And so, I mean, we're just kind of thankful that our business model is shining and nothing's mm -hmm. nothing's really changed. Yeah. 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 We didn't we we didn't take a bunch of leverage at ninety dollar a yeah. tera hash S19, you know, ten thousand dollar S19s. And mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people thought that hash price would just stay. <laughs> At, you know, thirty-five cents. Well, it, maybe and, you should explain what hash price is. You keep on mentioning it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I guess. I guess. I guess the group may not know. Call, you, you're yeah. better at explaining hash price. Than you. I mean, so like uh, a hash is a unit of computing power right. uh, akin to a barrel of oil. Uh, uh, a hash price is like would have uh, a value associated with it. Spot price on the market. So no different than like dollars mm -hmm. per barrel of oil. So Brent's just like simply saying like, what is the going rate for a unit yeah. of computing power with Bitcoin mining. I say this almost every single time I talk somewhere, it's you got, instead of a wellbore, you have an ASIC. Instead of a wellbore producing hydrocarbons, you got a ASIC producing terahash. You're selling that for Bitcoin instead of selling your hydrocarbons for fiat. Yep, that's it. There you go. It's, other than yeah. that, it's, it's virtually the same thing. The way that I think of it is almost like an oil well where you have your initial production and it would be the opposite of how the oil field works in the sense of it'd be like if you IP to well and the production stayed flat, right? Your, mm -hmm. your hash rate stays right. flat, but your dollar per barrel just keeps going down and down. I'll, and down well, I'll tell you down. the way I make the analogy is that that's your difficulty, right? Right. That's your decline curve. Yep. So you got your well, your IP, and then your difficulty rate is going to drive your profitability yep. down. Yep. And that's and, your decline curve. And that's your decline curve. So. I mean, I, I've been spending the past two years really just talking with oil and gas companies and even more so now that I'm kind of back on the legal side is spending a just shit ton of time like talking to them about how this works from the modeling side and like how do I show you that you actually know this business really, really well. You just don't understand the mechanics of it quite so much. But and we we're talking about this with Griffin and Gideon is like from a technical standpoint, oil and gas operations dwarf the technical knowledge that's required for that versus this. I mean, it's not even close, but it's crazy how much guys that are dealing with, you know, yeah. drilling two miles down into the ocean floor still get, you know, tripped screwed up, up or yeah, tripped yeah. up with, yeah. uh, with Bitcoin mining. Yep. And, but how much of your time do you guys find that you're spending trying to educate folks still, or is it more of, 
we get phone calls that hey we wanted this and we go yeah we go i mean that's it. really how it is yeah uh, like i mean we have, we have a phone number on so the i'm greasing the wheels for you guys <laughs> you are yeah. you are that's is, ever, right. is everybody it, orange pilled or they just see a like yeah. an opportunity to make money no no people are just trying to figure out how to like lower methane emissions or right. make okay. some money off of flare uh mm -hmm. or or capture like an arb out there what mm -hmm. percentage are orange pilled do you think that reach out to you guys Oh, the research like a, a sadly small number. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's like that's. I feel like that's so surprising. No, like no, no. It can be the Trojan horse that gets them into it. Yeah. Right? right. And like that's like everyone. Everyone has like their story about how they got into Bitcoin. Right. It's not because they just went online. Like we're looking for some like yeah libertarian currency. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I I do I think it is kind of the Trojan horse. But that's good. That's a good thing yeah. to get it started for. It's a good reason. I mean, I honestly don't think there's any reasons anybody should be flaring anymore. Yeah, I mean, no. there's virtually no reason at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. And you know that so that should be a positive for like actually both sides of the aisle. And yep. you're monetizing something that's been wasted. That's good. It's capitalistic. Let's you know take advantage of that. Yep. And you're something. You're making money off something that is obviously. Good for the good for the environment. No, yeah, I don't absolutely. think anybody, even in the oil and gas world, there's literally nobody that's like cheering on a flare. Yeah, you know everybody I mean? wants to see right. value created, right. and that's what I would. To me, what's the most shocking thing I still see in the space is players that are still flaring huge volumes. Right. That won't entertain Bitcoin mining. That's I agree, man. It's and crazy. I just nope. I'm like, not only can you make money off of this. From our side, we're looking at this and saying, like, what a great narrative for Bitcoin. What a Wonderful. great thing for, you know, everyone wants cleaner air, right? Yeah. And, it, and, right. and and we're, we're, we are truly lowering emissions, yeah. no matter how you frame it, for taking a flare and making it into power. Um, so I, I just don't understand why there's still so many groups that haven't jumped on the bandwagon of this. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just literally a lack of understanding. and and. Honestly, there's a lot of like not wanting to admit that you might have been wrong about something early on. Yeah. And uh, that's something that especially us older dudes have trouble with a lot of times is just being like, you know what? We took a position mm -hmm. that things have changed. And I realize now that this is a real market and that this is a, a real industry. And let's go be a part of it. I think it's kind of a lot of like holding on to old positions. On the, on the flip side, is there anything that's been surprising, like on like in a, in a positive note, like the kinds of companies, kinds of people that have reached out? Yeah, I would say we've been surprised um, by some groups. I would say a lot of people ask us a lot of times, they say, mm -hmm. you know, are you scared that they're just going to go do this themselves? Yeah. Like, well, they, I, my hot take is I really don't see oil and gas companies pushing that very hard any time in the near future. And the reason is, why should they, yeah. right? Like if if groups like us can come in and right. take away the flaring and fix that problem and they're, they realize that the global demand for oil right now and they have their, they're already mm -hmm. like, they can't get their wells drilled fast enough. Yeah. Um, the wells in which typically flare are the wells that are least profitable for that operator, right. right? If they have a well here and they have a well a mile away that's hooked up to a pipeline, chances are the one that's flaring is a lot less economical than the one with a pipeline. That's mm -hmm. just being, that's just logic. Yep. Um, so an oil and gas company, if you look at them and say, hey, if you put together this whole operations team and you go and you spend on this flare $5 million, you can get rid of your flare. They're probably looking at that and saying, 
or I can take that $5 million and I can just drill another well. Right. 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 And that right now, a hundred dollar barrel in oil, uh, mm-hmm. oil is a 300% IRR for some of these people or a hundred percent. Like it's not, it's a lot faster payback period. Yeah. Plus it's what they've been doing for 60 years. Right. It's what they're good at. It's what they are. It's yeah. what they are. So yeah. like, I don't blame them for saying, uh, just come to get this gas. Right. We, you know, we don't want to flare, take it. We're going to help lower the emissions on this well. And now we can focus on what we do best, which is drill oil wells. Uh, so that's why I'm still shocked when groups like like us come in and say, we'll pay for the infrastructure. We'll pay for everything. You just get rid of your flare and give it to us. And then they still don't entertain it. Right. It's like, right. So what's, what so what's the, so what's the deal? Yeah. That's mind blowing for one. What it's like, what does a deal look like between these guys? They reach out. If you're coming in, you're paying for the infrastructure. They're giving you the gas, but now they're also not flaring. Like what is, what is the economics of that deal look like? For paying them. Yeah. Is it, is it, are you guys just paying for offtake? Yeah. I mean, okay. we're, we're, we're essentially just, yep. we're, we're, we are saying, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to give you a value for that gas. You were getting nothing before. Um, not only are you not going to lower emissions, you're going to create revenue off of this month, uh, off of this gas. Typically, it is a lot. That, that's probably the biggest disconnect with operators is um, you, you yeah. name out the price. Yeah. And they say, well, Henry Hub. Right. Is is $7 an MCF right now. And then you, that's the part where you have to educate them mm-hmm. and try to make them understand is not that our, like our competition uh, for the, the, the profitability of Bitcoin miners is not based on like us versus uh, Great American Mining, Cathedra, like any other flare gas Bitcoin miner. It's based off of anybody that's plugging in hash rate. Mm-hmm. And roughly a dollar an MCF equates to about a penny per kilowatt hour. The world average uh, cost of power for Bitcoin mining is like four cents, roughly. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit higher now that energy higher, prices yeah. have gone up, but like five cents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you're paying seven dollars in MCF, even if it still makes, technically you're still in the green, like making money mm-hmm. on like a S19 XP or something like that, you are you are spending on a, on a cost per yeah. kilowatt hour. You are less competitive then people that are on grid and you're adding in all these extra variables, all this extra CapEx. So to me, it's like making them understand that the trade-off is you're adding in more variables, more CapEx in return for a cheaper cost per kilowatt hour. Like that's the trade-off that we do. Yep. And their benefit is they're getting rid of a flare and they're getting, they're getting to monetize something. So is it typically a single flare or is it typically like a field with a bunch of flares? A lot of times it's wells that are gathered mm-hmm. together. Yeah. They try to they try to centralize <clears throat> their flare to a central point. And usually that's because they have a processing facility uh, and they're stripping liquids. What mm-hmm. I've seen a lot that I think about is is physics and the way that that it naturally flows for oil and gas, like how it was all set up. It's just a perfect setup a lot of times for Bitcoin miners. And yeah. what I mean by that is places where they may not have a pipeline for or enough capacity offtake for their methane. They may be saying, hey, this is still 1800 BTU gas. We're going to strip everything and then get all the get all the liquids out of this. And then we're going to have our residual gas left over. And then that makes it perfect for your Bitcoin mining operation yeah. because it's it's all at one pad now. It's just yeah. na- it's organically all yeah. it, it's like the economies of scale just organically falls together. Yeah. Um, well, that leads me to another question. How much have you learned about the land side of oil and gas? Like surface this, agreements? Yeah, surface agreements. And and how much? Yeah, no, I, 
I'm, I am, they are my client too. We would, we would like to take this opportunity to uh, thank our sponsor, Martin Legal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number one oil yeah. and gas Bitcoin mining right. lawyer. Thank, honest right, to God. Know. Thank God for you and Brandon Martin and Martin Legal Group overall. Um, that has helped check me really a ton. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please send the check to my PO box. Um, that is, that's really been extremely yeah. helpful because mm. um, there's so many. And the other issue is, and you've seen this, mm. it's still sometimes if you're not, if you don't take extra steps, you still can do everything right. And you're still kind of in a gray area. Right, right. It's a new industry. There's it's not laws new. on yep. this. Like there's, mm -hmm. like there's a reason Texas and Wyoming have, have, uh, you know, congressmen right. and legislators that are building laws for this and putting in bills mm -hmm. because it's so new that like right. there is no laws for it. Right. Um, so we try to be as conservative and proactive as possible. And that's why mm -hmm. your firm has been so helpful with helping us like say, what is the most steps we can take to make sure that we do this clean, we do this fair and we do this right. This is a good way to get a plug in there for yeah, there you go. You can call us at Martin Legal. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that is a big thing, though. And you're right. That's kind of an area where uh, there's a lot of gray area still. And there's all this stuff will get worked out over time. But yeah, we do advise people to try to be as conservative as possible and just you know make yep. sure that you're getting agreements in place and, and working with people and being transparent. And you guys have honestly done a really, really good job of that. So um, yes. I I, I What's that? No, that's one of the things I see is like Bitcoin miners like try and be coy sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Like like they, they try and like, like oh, we're bringing out like data centers or like mm -hmm. like they, they try and be act like what they're doing is proprietary. Right. Like we always try and be very upfront like because right. oil companies, they don't respect that at all. No, they don't. Like, and especially. Yeah. So a lot of what goes on <laughs> Bitcoin mining, that's a really good point on the proprietary stuff. It's like, yes, there's going to be certain things that I'm sure are very proprietary. But for the most part, uh, it's I equate it to like. Drilling a well. Yeah. Like there's, this is how you drill a well. Now there can be very minor differentiations within that, but the bottom line is you're drilling an oil well to get oil. You're drilling a gas well to get gas. You're putting a hole in the ground, you're hitting formation, you're bringing it out. It's the same thing with Bitcoin mining. It's yep. like we got rigs, we plug them in, we turn them on, we generate electricity and, and we power the machines. Um, with what you guys have done though, in kind of being a fully integrated group, and I'm not suggesting it's like, proprietary or anything but that to me is what is going to separate y'all from a lot of the other groups that are out there is that you guys have brought basically so much of it in-house do you ever foresee a time where you guys might end up trying to actually operate some wells and own leasehold and things like like do you see a world where that stuff would come together and integrate in that type of way uh, i don't know as much <clears throat> on that that side of things i mean i mean that, that to me is like horizontal integration, yeah. right? Like yeah. I mean, we're, we're still trying to be. We looked at that for mm -hmm. a while and like just kind of like educated ourselves on the space. The, the issue you run into on that is like um, two things. One is the CapEx yeah. increases a lot uh, and the costs increase a lot. Risk um, increase a lot. Big time. And this, the risk. second thing is, is, is to us, there's such a huge flare market out there. Right. Like there is how, how big is that market? Do you know? It oh, is forty six gigs of power, which is like as a country for power consumption should be like ninth of the world. And, and so, oh yeah. shit! Do you know how many wells that is? I have no idea. Oh, that's a lot more than I thought. Like, like thirteen BCF a yeah. day. 
See, I, yeah. no, my question global. about that too, though, yeah, globally, like, yeah. How do we? Because a lot of those wells are maybe IP'd and then they they shut them or yep. they, you know that goes away and they get them to market. Yeah, right. They can't handle the gas right at the start, and so it is kind of hard to narrow that number exactly, down to yeah. what is actually a, a feasible for a Bitcoin mining uh, company like yourself, right? To actually set up our own operations on or set up a hosting yep. site. But one of the things though that I think is the market's going to evolve to is midstream groups getting involved in in service companies like even Halliburton, some of those types where yeah. they get off of well or they finish a completion and they're they got a Bitcoin mine out there taking away some of the gas during the IP and you know early part of the production until it declines into you know a rate that can be taken to market. Um, I do see like that is where I think a lot of this will go. But I think you guys are like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not suggesting you're ever looking for an exit necessarily, but I think you guys are going to have ample opportunities from a variety of different companies, whether it be Bitcoin mining groups, oil and gas companies, but also midstream companies looking at. Or somebody who just is really wanting to invest into the decarbonization ESG right, kind of right. stuff. Right. That's yep. another. That's what yeah. I was going to yeah. say like, is yeah. this fits that perfectly. It, it fits yeah. a ton of different areas. Because one of the things, uh, I don't care who you are, if you look at it, if you look at like the like the how much emissions you reduce mm -hmm. and like the carbon negative side of flare gas Bitcoin mining. And like I said, like I know like Bitcoin maxis a lot of times they can get on a tangent. Everyone wants cleaner air. Right, Everyone's right, OK right. with that. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at that and you look at it compared to other renewable options, the dollars that like the amount of offsets you do mm -hmm. per dollar invested in flare gas Bitcoin mining oh. is absurdly higher. Yeah. On like it's basically basically what I'm saying. You take a dollar and you put it in any other renewable versus taking a dollar and putting it towards flare gas Bitcoin mining and offsetting those emissions. The amount of emissions you reduce for every single dollar is absurdly higher mm -hmm. than all other traditional markets. If y'all have a graphic for that, y'all should be sharing that on social. Yeah. yeah. We probably need to make one. I need digital wildcatters to make Give me the data. One. We'll yeah, make yeah. you one. We'll yeah. put it out there. Well, the um, thing is, is like we're, we're, we're interested in mitigating like methane and like having the most amount of megawatts on the ground, right? right. And yeah. we can do that more effectively if like our generators cost half the price. Mm. We can do that more effectively if we can make a generator three times quicker than like most other people because we internalize that. So like, we're not necessarily like so like interested in like how much Bitcoin can we mine. We're mm -hmm. interested in is like how can we get the most megawatts on the ground and then like eh, if we need to host it, like great, we'll right. do that. But like that's more power consumption. Of course, right. we're Capex believers in yeah. Bitcoin and we're like yeah. we're gonna yeah. hodl Bitcoin. But our view is it's like if this is a problem that needs to be tackled and we focused on building out vertical integration mm -hmm. and our our value is you know, we don't create the ASICs, right? right. So we're kind of in the same boat relatively as everybody else on purchasing mm -hmm. ASICs. Um, I'm never going to have a shop where I'm building my own what's minor yeah. ASICs. But what we have done is we focused on building an infrastructure company. Mm -hmm. So we build the generators in the data centers and that's where our talent is. So to, to like, in our opinion, if we can go out and we can just get as much market share as possible, both domestically and internationally, because that's, mm -hmm. that's a good point you brought about the, about the big decline curves. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, the epitome of the Permian Basin, in right, my opinion, right? right? Like that's right. why you don't see large-scale Bitcoin mining operations in the Permian mm -hmm. Basin is you have, it's, yes, there's a lot of flaring in the Permian for 15 days, 30 right, days, right. and then they're putting it into market. Um, but if you go internationally, you have these places that 
they don't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. to get that gas to market. And it is midstream places. Just like you were mm-hmm. saying, you know, you're talking about how you're going to see a growth of midstream companies. I think you're going to see a lot of midstream companies that they are, they have all these wells in these areas of their country that are gathered and they're getting some of it to market, mm-hmm. but they are flaring so much right. methane. And do, mid, able, do midstream companies in the U.S. flare at all? Is there ever a, a situation yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, they do. Yeah, some. But it's, I'd say it's intermittent. It is intermittent. Um, it's not nearly If you go like international, though. Yeah. yeah. Internationally, yeah. it's like a whole different... There's, there's two places, in my opinion, that have very consistent flaring. Uh, the Bakken and internationally. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, and like yeah. That's a broad one on the second mm-hmm. one. But really and truly, we are blessed to be a part of... The United States, mm. being in a first world country that has great energy infrastructure, where most of our gas gets to market, you go to other countries and it's they're not it's that's not the case. Right. They don't have they can truck that oil all day long. Mm. They don't have the money and have it like all the infrastructure they've invested in for their natural gas is maxed out. Like right. their pipelines are maxed out and they're not getting it to market. Where where, where has the outside of the U.S. Where are some of the biggest? Uh, what are the countries are flying the most? Huge. Middle East, of course, is huge. Yep. Uh, South, America South America has America, a lot right? of potential. Yep. Mexico has a lot of mm-hmm. potential. Like there's all these countries. Argentina. That have a, Argentina yeah, has yeah. a lot of potential. There's all these countries that have a ton of potential. Uh, and so our view is if we're an infrastructure company that has the cheapest ability to offset flares compared to anyone else in the industry, just go take as much market share as possible. Right. Like go build out everywhere. Then you could go either do, you can do self mining and we can be yep. putting Bitcoin in our balance sheet because we do believe in Bitcoin. But you could also be doing hosting and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we're not opposed to that as well because one, that's generating cash flows for Giga and that's building up our company. But it's also allowing the Bitcoin mining industry mm-hmm. to move off and move on to, to applications like this and move to where it's more distributed. Right. right? right. So a lot of hosters, They'd love to be in a distributed mm-hmm. network. And it, how much better is that as well if they're like, oh, we're on a carbon negative I was say, operation. it helps defeat that narrative against the energy usage. And it's like, man, like we should be taking all that stuff as and, much yep. as possible. And we realize that a lot of big Bitcoin mining companies will probably never figure mm-hmm. out flare gas Bitcoin. They won't. They won't. They're not capable. It goes back to the operational technical technical like difficulty of operations on flare gas yep. versus going on grid and just building a big warehouse. It's, I mean, it's tremendously different. 99% and, of your downtime came from fuel or the generators. Right. 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 Yeah. A hundred. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent of the time yep. that was 99% true. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, generators are the killer. Like, yeah, they are. And, uh, and we had recepts and, you know, pretty big ones all together. It's man, dude, it was brutal. It was yep. brutal sometimes, but you know, we, we did get to like 92% of runtime. So that's yeah, why I get, frust- that. I get frustrated though. When people, they try explaining to me, they're like, Oh no, you're wrong. I can go buy this generator. That's low out. That's such a broad mm. term, low hours, right? <laughs> low hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so much cheaper and run it. And I say, okay, but one, you do that enough times, you're going to get burnt right. bad and it's going to cost you more money than you've ever, but like ever would have dreamed of. And the second thing is, is, you are cheaping out. You don't have to, you know, and I'm not saying you have to go get the most expensive thing in the world, but anyone that's trying to find this used market and just like fix it up to where it's barely running, mm-hmm. you're cheaping out on literally your power plant. Right. Like that would be the same thing as ERCOT saying, <laughs> we're going to get this, but like we we're found- We're going to do it as cheap as possible over yeah, here. Yeah. We, in New Mexico, we found an ERCOT laying around that was used <laughs> and we're just going to fix it up a little bit yeah. and it'll be good enough, yeah. right? Um, well, and the same, the same 
like the the real reason oh, there's a million reasons why we did it but like operationally the same guys who manufacture the generators mm-hmm. are the same ones who maintain them right how many times did you have issues on your generators with the freaking ecu killing it for no reason you couldn't figure out why the kill switch yeah. was going off yeah a right? lot <laughs> yeah and then how many of your generators had the exact same control panel yeah exactly yeah. that's the problem yeah. is like yeah. we want to go someone go up take it left look at it and know where a button is mm-hmm. like we want the exact same program to be duplicated on every single generator with yeah. the exact same parameters yeah oh well like we we have the the power factor at 0.8 instead of one like that's why it's doing it when it gets too high like there's just so many variables with it it's like mm-hmm. at some point you can't of, expect yeah. like a third party to do it you guys are so efficient dude yeah. so, you guys, so, so you guys start it. like so once once these are out there i mean it sounds like well, on the ones that you guys are not operating yourselves, right? On, yep. on the, let's just say, look at the generators and the containers mm-hmm. and stuff. Is there a whole service maintenance side to this? Or like, how do you, how do you, Dan, do you have people that? at all these locations where, like, when you sell them, do you go through a teaching basically the operator of how to handle this stuff? Yeah, sometimes it depends. Like, Bitcoin right? Bitcoin like, pumper. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah Bitcoin yeah. pumper, that's it, yeah. right? But yeah. like, so like on the power generation side, like an engine is an engine. Right. Almost everyone like has worked on a 3516 before for compression. So like that experience, like people are pretty familiar mm-hmm. with, right? You got to get them up to date because we put a lot of tech into our stuff. Um, so you got like the cool touch screens yeah. and like all the updated equipment. Um, so like you got to learn on that side of things. And then um, usually because like Bitcoin, it's not like I, like a teenager couldn't do it, but like a 20 year old can do it. Yeah, like, That's why right. I would say like it's not that hard, but like there's a level to it mm-hmm. of like wanting to learn mm-hmm. and understand it. And so like that's the part where it gets a little nuanced. And to get those efficiencies, you really got to like work on it. Yeah. Yeah. What he's saying is like, he could have done it. He couldn't have done it five years ago. <laughs> but now that he's twenty four, yeah, he can do it. Exactly. Have you guys been approached by any oil and gas operators about maybe kind of getting exclusivity and teaming up with you? There's no. There's never been a talk about exclusivity. We've had a lot of groups that I, I'm telling you, I really like. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just not seeing it from the right perspective, but. Oil and gas companies really don't care that much. Yeah, they 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 want they'll talk about that too. Yeah. They'll mention, hey, you know, we want to build a long lasting relationship mm-hmm. because one thing they are seeing the groups that do have to flare that do have to use Bitcoin miners uh, or, or use some kind of flare mitigation, they've been burned. There's mm-hmm. a lot of groups that have already been burned yep. mm-hmm. by other companies, and now they're very hesitant right. to get yeah. back in the right. space. In in what ways were they burned? Operationally. Uh, yep. Like Operation. Messing up the wells, the mm. casing, like okay. yeah, not like, having it running when they and yeah. they have to shut in their production. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've, I've and I don't blame them. People getting electrocuted, life flyed out. Like, right. like were these, were these just like early Bitcoin cowboys? Or? There was no? one this year. No? Some big boys. Yeah, there was one big earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. There's very big boys. There's a lot. There's there's a lot of stuff. And I will say that's the one thing uh, they don't mention exclusivity. They mainly say if this works out well, we would love to only use right. you in the future for right. all of our flaring. Mm. Uh, and I have I've noticed that a lot of companies when they talk to me, they'll mention they'll they'll go and they'll just name they'll just name drop a company. Yeah, and they'll say, Are "You familiar with them?" They're like, "When you send us a bid, I want you to I want you to think about what you do." Right. Because we're oil and gas. We like building relationships. We like working together. We don't like people coming in and taking advantage right. of us. Right. Because uh, they were ignorant to an industry and, and weren't sure on like, you know, pricing. I, I totally get it. I've had the same conversations. Yep. And But you're right. I mean, oil and gas companies are not going to continue to get burned. And no, they're smarter than yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So. I agree. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, these guys are impressive. 
<laughs> impressive dudes. I do think because of where we're going through right now with this bear market and everybody's just kind of kind of there's going to have be a lot of people disappear that already have. Yep. Yeah. You guys are like primed to really end up grabbing a ton of market share right now. Timing is like everything. everything. I don't know. I know like maybe, I don't know. Maybe y'all realize that. Maybe you don't. Like we realized the same thing for Mm -hmm. Wildcatters too. Like we started in a downturn. We had no foresight to what it would become. And then like my whole career was a downturn. And now it's like a major upswing for like all of energy. Like Mm -hmm. you could have never called that. Right. This is where like the best businesses are built is right. Mm -hmm. You start in that downturn and you catch those tailwinds. So yeah. you guys are so positioned to just like continue to crush oh, it. I think you're going to dominate because it's like you get through this and you guys are sticking around. It's like all those guys who are like getting on a well site here, getting on a well site there, all those relationships that are going to end up getting crushed. Unfortunately, because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not rooting at all, yeah. but it's, it's inevitable. inevitable. Yeah, a lot of points. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Why have some of the like we just talked <clears throat> about, you know, the herd seems to be thinning a little bit during this last yeah. downturn. What, what are we attributing that to? So like. There's problems. So you have externalities in the oil field with natural gas, Bitcoin mining. Key point, rental generators. Why would you rent a generator to a Bitcoin miner who doesn't know what they're doing, who's going to complain more, uses your stuff at 100%, 24-7, 365, Mm. when you could be sending to someone in the oil field that doesn't have all these complaints and knows what they're doing. Yeah. And they last long. So, so pretty much the, so the rental market pretty much rental dried market up and they were like, we're doubled not, in price. It's, oh, doubled in price. Yeah. Doubled. Well, I mean, because oil and gas guys, like Bitcoin miners are sitting there whining, saying, mm. can you do three and a half cents, four cents? <laughs> oil and gas guys, if, if, if the rental company calls and says, hey, it's going to be six cents per kilowatt hour, they're like, Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, yeah. My house, my home bill is like eight. Like, yeah. hey, like, <laughs> like a deal. To me. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the biggest one yeah, okay. on that side of things. So people got burned on that on contracts mm-hmm. that are expiring, have expired. Um, second price uh, point is some people have tied contracts to market rate of natural gas or some variable, right? We keep mm-hmm. all of our stuff static. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like some people have it as a percentage of Henry Hub. We I didn't see that coming, of course. I didn't even know what Henry was until three <laughs> years ago. Who's, who's Henry? Who's Henry? Henry? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's keeps a lot of money. Yeah, no. We <laughs> never, even in 2019, I knew we never wanted to have gas purchase agreements tied to oh, hub but, pricing because you are you, the thing is, is is it's different if hub increases by three X and your revenue increases by three right. X. But it doesn't. It's not yeah. tied In this time, yeah. this is why everybody's defaulting right mm-hmm. now. It's because a lot of grid prices are still tied to natural gas. Right. right. And this time, energy is going up. Bitcoin profitability is going down. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting is like we got we got to experience the last bear market uh, of all of 2020. Mm-hmm. And we were building out yeah. all of 2020. Yeah. And we really got to see just the reward of like, yeah. like you're yeah. saying, when the it just run. takes off, it right. takes yeah. off. And... Um, Man, the difference though that I'm seeing this time, which is why I'm like, I'm I'm kind of bearish on uh, large, large scale, like on grid, and I'm bearish right now on ERCOT and stuff like that, is because last time that you had a bear market, great, everybody was buying up ASICs and doing these projects, getting cheap ASICs, but they're also getting like two cent, three cent power mm-hmm. because natural gas was two dollars in MCF. Right. This time. Groups are have their buy the, the cheap ASICs are there, mm-hmm. which if you notice, that's why yeah. right now you can go buy any ASIC uh, you want. They'll well, probably 12 months ago they'll you couldn't probably find get anything. The, yeah, they'll probably get the CEO to deliver it to you with a bow on it right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, like right, they right. Like they're trying <laughs> yeah. to offload yeah. miners. Uh and it's because yes, ASICs are cheap and everybody will look around and say, Yeah, I think those ASICs, it's a great buying opportunity, but they don't have a place to plug it in. That's because yeah, power man. is expensive. And I 
don't think energy's coming down anytime soon, in my opinion. I mean, we just have too much, like, we have There's too much of, demand right, right. now, and, and, and especially the European market and, and gas our LNG. has turned into a, na- a worldwide market. Yes. Right? And so it used to be right, right. Right. It used to be regional and, and national. Now it's it's a worldwide market, you know, as much as oil is, almost as much as oil. So by yeah. utilizing all this stranded gas, you're essentially the lowest cost producer. Absolutely. We're yes. insulated from yeah. the market. And that, like, yeah. that's my view. And that's what, you know, Matt was the one that was really behind, like, hey, we need to push power generation. It was, it was genius in retrospect. Uh, cause I didn't realize how, mm-hmm. how, how big of a difference it would have made, yeah. but that's what we were looking at about a year ago during the bull market. Everyone was building so much faster than us. Mm-hmm. You know, they were deploying so 10, 10 times <laughs> yeah, quicker yeah. than us than what we were. And I was, you know, you kind of even, you finally like kind of glance over your shoulder every now and then you're like, <laughs> well, maybe I should try. Right. Um, but we, we were frustrated with how much faster they were building, but they were renting all their generators. Mm-hmm. So they just have to show up group plugs then, they go home, right? Right. Uh, we knew last fall during the bull market, we said when things hit the fan and the bear and, and single mm-hmm. digit hash price comes back right. and it's a bear market, all these companies that rented everything and grew their company, disappear. they're now either going to disappear or they're going to have to do mm-hmm. exactly what we spent the last eight months proactively doing. Yeah, start building their own generation. Right. right. I guarantee right. you there's a lot of groups that are that are probably smaller off-grid mm-hmm. miners that are probably looking into the buying generators, oh, vertical sure. yeah. integration. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. I know they are. I get calls from them all the time now. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we couldn't do that if it was just Matt and I. Mm-hmm. Us building that team and building that department of our company was huge for right, us. Right. So, and I think that that's going to end up uh, being a big part of our company long term. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that we do power generation in house. Right. No. I, I couldn't agree more. I, and actually, the groups that are like coming kind of out of the woodwork now—not not that there's a ton of them—but the ones that I'm getting calls from now, um, it's a lot smarter money. And it's a lot of people that are recognizing the stuff that you guys recognized a couple of years ago, um, that the side that you need to focus on, whether you're talking to operators or banks trying to get money or, or just investors is the infrastructure. And that's the play in the power generation. Like that is because what you said too, yep. the financing off of it, it gives you a hard asset that, that you can utilize to grow your business and, and grow your business on terms that make sense. Like, you guys know some of the freaking loans out there and like the financing options for Bitcoin related opportunities. 18% interest. Oh, it's Ugh. insane. Yeah. It's, it's like loan shark stuff. It's yep. terrible. And uh, so, but having that hard asset, I mean, that is genius. I was, especially again, I hate to tout on the fact that you guys are 17 years old. You've gotten two years older during <laughs> this conversation. Senior year of high school is right. crazy this year, man. Yeah, I got homecoming that was tonight. Prom. Yeah. <laughs> you excited prom. Matt's got a football game tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Friday Night Lights, man, right? It's exciting. But, wow. but seriously, for you guys to recognize that so early on, I mean, you guys really impressed me. Well, thank you. Exactly. Looking back, advice that I could give to people – and I guess it's different now because right now I would say in a bear market, buy as many ASICs as you can, right. really right. and truly. Um, but in a bull market, in in retrospect, a lot of these flare gas miners would have been a lot better if they would have realized where their value really was mm-hmm. and the fact that they're cheap power generation. And instead of renting generators and saying, I can rent generators and I can lend, I can get leverage on all these ASICs, 18% interest. They should have said, hey, 
let's go buy, let's take the money and go buy generators right. that are hardcore assets that are going to keep their value and go host right. in a bull market instead of taking 18% interest. Mm -hmm. And they would have paid off all their infrastructure. Their hosting contract probably would have almost been up by now. Right. And their infrastructure would have and been basically be paid off. And they could just go, and, 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 you know, that's also assuming, like, I guess it's if, if you did hosting at $60,000 Bitcoin and eight months later it's it's 500,000 then you probably mm -hmm. look like the biggest idiot in the room mm -hmm. but to me like there's kind of this range of hash price that we have seen over the last three years that it always yeah. bounces up and down on uh and people knew like we all knew mm -hmm. at sixty thousand dollar bitcoin that we were in a bull market right, like right. things were like out yeah. of hand <laughs> yeah um so I, I guess in my opinion it's like they sh I, I, in retrospect, and we, you know, we didn't host anything last fall, but we also didn't take out eighteen percent, you know. And like, so, so like, <laughs> yeah, like were we you didn't borrowing against all your Bitcoin. Yeah, we didn't time we it. Didn't per we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah. No, oh god, no. You double yeah. squeezed, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. It's like, and, and so, oh, like, this is what a margin call is. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets worse yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying is like. If they would have focused more on infrastructure and less on saying, I need as many petahashes mm, tomorrow as to possible, grow. they probably yeah. wouldn't be sitting in solvent hey, right now. Look, some of the things you're saying, I'm looking at like, yeah, we we had that thought process and we we screwed it up. You know what I mean? But, like but you, we, we're learning. Yeah, yeah we're you learn. You learn. But like, again, at such a young age, you guys have just really, I don't know, you impressed the crap out of me, man. So I got one last question. Yeah, we'll wrap up. Are you guys able to just totally fund through cash flow and just hodl all the Bitcoin? No. No? No. How much time do you spend fundraising? Um, so, okay. So, we're, we're venture capital style. Mm -hmm. uh, so, we've, we've gone through a pre-seed and a seed, um, Series A. Might, may mm -hmm. or may not be in the works, but uh, we don't do a ton on it yeah. as, as much as you'd think, yeah. right? Uh, because a ton of our, our capital has gone into, like, manufacturing and mm -hmm. overhead mm -hmm. of, like, okay, no buy like a crane like yeah, where do right. we get that right, <laughs> right yeah. how, how, um, big, how big is y'all's team now it, uh we have about 27 okay on that side like yeah. but like 20 of that is manufacturing like yeah. guys with 10 20 30 years of experience yeah, yeah. Uh, welding fabricating pipe fitting like mm -hmm. all the, the cool stuff we, we try to be very much um heavy on the blue collar side and light yeah. on the white collar side yeah, yeah. low heavy office light yep. yeah. yeah that's the way to be it. man yep yeah yeah definitely definitely this has been a blast. Yeah, it is. Awesome. It's been fun, it. you, guys, uh, you guys are great, man. Yeah. Oh, I, love what, what, I just had like an epiphany. I've been podcasting six years, <laughs> but the difference between this and anything else we've ever done, it was this and like the last episode, is that everybody knows each other. Uh, like, so, like, like, because you're sitting here referencing Gideon and <clears throat> referencing uh, Griffin and stuff. We all know each other. Yeah. And it's a small, like, tight knit community. The whereas, like, small. Whereas, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like really yeah, small. Yeah. But, like, you're with the world, yeah, startups, it's like, I know. We're like, well, who are we? Yeah. You guys are going to be back on next month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're Round two. One, one <laughs> at a time. Yeah. One at a time. So we get throughout the month. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I like having it to where we, I mean, we were on a call earlier today talking business. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's the fun part about this. I think that I'm excited about is everybody that we're going to talk to, we probably know, and we get to just, you know, talk I, I love that. I just get to hang out with you guys. I feel like yeah. I'm the dumbest person in the room when it comes to my, because I don't have that experience. <laughs> no, so no, it's, man. We're, this is fun. Yeah. You're going to be a guru by the time. There you you yeah, you yeah, we yeah. always tell people we're like, you know, I, I say, Hey, we're trying to play the long tail not only because we're young, we want to do this for a while and we, you know, we want to keep a good reputation. We want to do the right things. We want to build a good business out of this. But I also 
like all my friends now it's are the fun. people at the Bitcoin yeah. meetups, yeah. right? Honestly, how cool is it? You yeah. guys have made up your own freaking jobs in a brand new industry. Not even out of school. You were in school. I think it's incredible, dude. Yeah. I love it. Like yeah. I had to get to be, you know, 35 years old before I was a part of starting a company. And you guys did it when you were like, well, I guess five years, 12. That's impressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> nine <laughs> years nine old. Nine years yeah. old. You guys. First yeah. grade. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's, it's, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you guys. And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to get to work with you guys on the legal side, but yeah. also, you know, you'd be buddies. So. Likewise. Well, plus my wife's like, you got to stop hanging out with 23 year old dudes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've often wondered that if like some of the other Bitcoiners, you know, get told by their like family, like, hey, like, why are you hanging out with like Matt's got a TikTok? Like, why, like, <laughs> like oh man, you got TikTok. No, right? <laughs> Giga Going should viral. get a TikTok channel though. Actually. Y'all should. Yeah, Y'all we should. can do like the um, you know, like the the memes where like the nurse is like in the in the room, like doing the little yeah. like Matt can like put it on the generator. Yeah, and, so like, you get the whole team dancing. That'd be great. <laughs> My name is Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <The> generators. <laughs> I think we need to do that. All right. I'll film. You'll film. Or like the, what is it where it's the, the audio that it reads the audio and it's like the blend, the blend. It's like, oh, OMG, this, check out this. Like, like it's like, you know a lot about TikTok, man. <laughs> I've seen a few in my time. Like, oh, man. All right. Cool. Guys, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, yeah. Appreciate, Appreciate you having us. Again for yeah. having us. This is yeah. awesome. Not unfortunately, but fortunately, we probably will have to have you back because there's only like 12 other people in the industry. Yeah, and I wish we had to keep having the same yeah. conversation. So, yeah. no, this is fun. Yeah, thanks, guys.